Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for January 8th, 2024. I am your host, JD, from New York, as always. Coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. Monday Night Raw tonight in the books. Not really a, you know, it wasn't a day one is all I'll say, man. It wasn't a day one episode of Monday Night Raw, man. We didn't have The Rock showing up, causing a bunch of fucking chaos in the entire IWC. But it was a show that merely existed on the road that is the road to the Royal Rumble. It's basically what it was. We didn't really get anything overly exciting tonight. We didn't really get anything that was particularly important going on into the Royal Rumble as we're just all waiting for the Royal Rumble. Not that it was a bad show. It was just a show where nothing terribly important happened. Don't know what else to tell you guys, really. It was an okay show. Now, before I get into the actual show and what happened tonight, man, I want to shout out a couple of fellas in here. Two! Fucking guy, man. What the fuck I got you here for? Two! Two rounds! This fucking guy gets out of the goddamn hospital and he can't serve a fucking beverage anymore. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? I don't even know why. Yeah, I don't know why you come here either, motherfucker. Holy shit. Jason Barker with a $100 super chat. He says, I don't drop bombs. I drop nukes. MJF to CM Punk. Let's make it like Kim Jong-un is in the chat with the bombs. And then Daddy Wolf. With a $100 super chat, he says, Hey, JD, just want to thank you for your brutal honesty. You're a fan of pro wrestling, and it's truly amazing. Show is the epitome of meh. The wrestling was okay. The promos for me were hit or miss. Naya sucks. JD, OTS fam, stay safe, stay beautiful, and always stay blessed. Thank you, fellas, very much. Daddy Wolf and my guy Jason Barker with a $100 Super chat. Thank you, gentlemen, very much for your love and support as we begin a brand new week here on Off the Scripts. Monday Night Raw, man. Again, nothing terribly important happened tonight. The biggest thing that I would say that happened tonight, honestly, happened at the beginning of the show. And that was CM Punk and Drew McIntyre. We got a nice little stare down between those two. And in my honest opinion, easily the best part of the night. 
And it did a very good job of setting the table for what is going to be a very unpredictable Royal Rumble. Any man can win it. WWE is loaded more so than in years past at the top of the card with mega names, names that could obviously main events a WrestleMania. And that's exactly what they're working with this year. CM Punk and Drew McIntyre being two of those top names. I loved what they did for one particular reason. And we'll go over why I love that segment so much. Not because Drew McIntyre is quickly becoming, or he may already be in some eyes, the best part of Monday Night Raw. CM Punk is always great. We love Punk. And the main thing that I loved about that entire segment we'll go over in just a little bit. But I thought the interaction between those two really set the table for what is going to be a very memorable Royal Rumble. Do they fit into the Elimination Chamber, though? My mind is already working for the Elimination Chamber. What are we going to do in Perth, Australia? Is CM Punk going to win the Royal Rumble? Is Cody going to have to find himself mixed in with the SmackDown boys on Friday night to get into the WrestleMania main event? I don't know. I don't know where Triple H is going. I really don't. Is the Chamber even going to be for a world championship title shot. WWE could make the Elimination Chamber the right to challenge Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. I don't know. Who knows where they're going? But right now, the Royal Rumble is setting the table to be very memorable. And Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, I thought they were going to have a world championship match. No, Rollins is, uh, I don't know what the fuck Rollins is doing. We'll get to him in a little bit. But Drew McIntyre tonight entered the Royal Rumble match. He's vowed to eliminate CM Punk. CM Punk vowed to eliminate Drew McIntyre. Love it. Absolutely love what those two guys did in the opening of the show. And we'll go over what they said in just a little bit. Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke Nakamura. I felt like it went on way too long. Uh, I mean, you know, I didn't really mind the feud. I, I did not mind the feud at all. Uh, it's something for Cody to do. It's something for Nakamura to do. But I'm left asking the same question that I was left with a couple of weeks ago. Where the fuck does Shinsuke Nakamura go now? He lost. Right back to the drawing board with Shinsuke Nakamura. Goodbye. Everything that you said, all the uh, hatred and all the, the subtitles and all the imagery and the mist and the Christmas carols and all this other shit that he did. For what? He ended up being a loser. As always, what's next for Cody Rhodes? I don't know. He's still got fucking half-witted idiots out here claiming that Roman and Rock needs to take place at WrestleMania and at WrestleMania only. Fuck Cody Rhodes and his story. This is what I have to be treated to this week. I'm dumber for reading some opinions on the topic even still a week later. It's ridiculous. Cody's only entry into WrestleMania is through the Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber. He will be winning one of those matches. Which one? I don't know. I don't know. Cody Rose will be in the main event of WrestleMania. If not, we got a fucking problem. Because these feuds and these little inklings of nothing that are going on with Cody Rhodes, they're not really making him feel all that important. 
Hopefully we are moving on from this Shinsuke Nakamura feud. And then the Intercontinental Championship, I believe, being that Jey Uso, he's vowing to win his first major world championship as a singles competitor. I don't know if that means the World Heavyweight Championship. I don't know if that means the Intercontinental Championship. I'm assuming that means the Intercontinental Championship with what we've seen so far with Jey Uso on the show. He has dabbled with Imperium. Is WWE setting up Jey Uso to take on Gunther somewhere in the next two to three months? I don't know. I don't think Jey Uso is the one to beat Gunther. But it could very well happen. I don't know. I don't know. Again, nothing terribly important happened on Monday Night Raw. I don't know what type of football game was on. I don't know why they skimped on this show tonight. Sami Zayn wasn't on the show. Gunther wasn't on the show. We got more Judgment Day hijinks with R-Truth. DIY is being groomed for a tag team championship opportunity. We'll go over what we can, man. We'll make sense of it right here tonight on the Monday Night Raw post-show on Off The Script. I want to thank you guys very much for joining me here on this Monday evening. If you guys are in the chat, I would appreciate you hit a thumbs up. We got 388 likes currently with 1,900 people in the chat. That is fucking lame, folks. That is lame. If you're in the chat, I'm going to need you to hit the thumbs up. I mean, I don't ask for anything, man. Just click the thumbs up and show some support. It's basically what it is, man. I'd love to see us get close to 1,000 likes. And that's the minimum. The minimum I require. So hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you go check out all the other content on the channel. We were busy, and we are going to continue to be busy throughout the month of January. I'm going to try and upload at least every day in the month of January. It's going to be a busy, busy month. If you missed yesterday's extra, go and check it out. My guy Andrew Zarian was receiving death threats over his report over Mercedes Monet going to AEW. News on MJF potentially being out all year for AEW and more. Go check that out. Today, we uploaded our opinion once again because we know that I'm right. The Rock and Roman Reigns does not need to happen at WrestleMania. And if you don't think that I'm right, go listen to the video, man. Barely anybody will be able to refute what I said. Hopefully, Triple H makes the right decision. Go check that out. We really appreciate it. And everything else that is on the homepage. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And tonight's show is sponsored by DraftKings. We'll talk about my friends over at DraftKings. A little bit later on in the show. Start off the top, man. Drew McIntyre and CM Punk to open Monday Night Raw. Drew McIntyre is out first. 
And we all know he's angry. We all know McIntyre is angry. He lost his world championship match against Seth Rollins at the day one edition of Monday Night Raw. So he says, I've got something to say. He said last week's match with Seth Rollins was all or nothing for him. He says he didn't just want the title. He needed the title. And now he doesn't have the title. He says he's been replaying the match over and over again in his head. He said he and Seth covered, but he put Seth's foot, or he had Seth covered, and he put Seth's foot on the rope in his overzealousness, and it cost him the match. He said maybe Seth has been right that he's been holding himself back. He said he needs to step away from WWE for a while and get his head screwed on straight. Some fans cheered, some fans booed. Now, the report is Drew McIntyre has yet to sign a WWE extension. We don't know where he's going. There is some time. I believe he does become a free agent after WrestleMania, and WWE would like to lock him down. We don't know if Drew McIntyre wants to remain with the company. I mean, I think he's doing some of the best work in at least a couple of years. So as long as he gets paid what he thinks he's worth and the creative is right up his alley, I think we'll be fine. So he said being in WWE has been his lifelong dream. He said, though, that he realized the better man didn't win because Damian Priest cashed in during the match and cost him the world title. Drew asked why he didn't wait until the match was over and he was weakened and an easy target. He called him an idiot for screwing both him and himself. Here, that was a criticism of that match last week. Damian Priest looked like a fucking fool. He did. Instead of waiting until after the match when, you know, Rollins was already laid out and weakened... Well, Drew McIntyre was already tired after wrestling 25 minutes. He tried to cash in during the match. And then he just stood there after the match was over with the briefcase and he didn't do anything with it. Just made Damian Priest look like an idiot. So he shifted to talking about Cody's political power. Cody's got this political power he believes because he moved Jay Uso over to Monday Night Raw for a trade of Kevin Owens. And CM Punk returning to open arms after walking out of the company 10 years ago. So maybe he should leave for nine years and then get a huge reception when he returns, mocking Punk leaving and then walking back a hero into the company. So right then and there, CM Punk's music interrupted Drew McIntyre and he walked out. Fans were obviously excited to see CM Punk. Chance of CM Punk in Portland. They were decent tonight. And he gets in the ring and he immediately says that they are in Roddy Piper country. He says if Drew had worn a kilt like Roddy Piper, the fans might be cheering him right now. He said Piper was known for talking and CM Punk is known for talking. And since he's returned, it seems like Drew is doing a lot of talking. 
Punk said it might seem strange coming from him since he probably talks too much himself. He says if Drew has anything to say about him, he'll lay on the top turnbuckle and listen, which is exactly what he did. Fans chanted CM Punk. Drew then said, well, if the floor is mine and you're giving me the spotlight to speak whatever I want, I want to congratulate you. We're going on just over a month and you are still here, says Drew McIntyre to CM Punk. He said, me and some guys in the back have a bet that you are going to crash and burn. So you're costing some people some money right now. Drew says he doesn't care what he said outside the company. He said he was bitter and wanted attention. He says what he cares about is what he does to him personally. He says he knows the real CM Punk. He said Punk used to walk into the locker rooms and refer to himself as a locker room leader. If you have to walk into the locker room and refer to yourself as the leader, you are not a real leader, says Drew McIntyre. Drew says, when I actually needed a leader back then, it was because I was in a dark place. He says he faces some obstacles now, but I'll knock them down, he says. He said 10 years ago, he had personal issues going on and his career was in a tailspin. He said Punk saw him as a threat and didn't actually help him. He said Randy Orton couldn't help him back then because he had his own demons going on. He said, Punk is straight edge and didn't have demons, but you are a demon yourself. He called Punk a self-serving, narcissistic succubus. He says he stepped up himself after he was fired and figured out how to be a leader and became the man he is today. After nine years, I'm your leader now. And then he looks at CM Punk and says, kid? He called CM Punk a kid. Drew mocked Punk and laid across the top turnbuckle himself. Is he mocking Punk or is that a little tease for the upcoming arrival of Andrade? Probably both. Punk says he's called himself a lot of things in life, but a leader was never one of them. Are we sure about that? Wait, maybe we should ask the Young Bucks what CM Punk said in the locker room or maybe some of the youngsters in AEW who didn't want to listen to locker room leader CM Punk. He says he led by example. He says if he wanted his hand held, he can pledge his allegiance to the straight-edge society and they can live a clean life. Punk said if he's not a leader, who did he watch walk out of the company 10 years ago? He says he watched Drew walk out and then return and main event WrestleMania. He says he followed his lead, and he has no problem saying he is following his lead in in his return. He says he's bigger, faster, and stronger now, and he's aiming to win the Royal Rumble. He says as far as being a demon, he says, when pushed, I'm Satan himself. He says he's a real, real nice guy until it's not time to be. Maybe, again, we should ask the Young Bucks if CM Punk is really Satan himself. And it looks like it's getting to be that time as he looks at his watch. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win the Royal Rumble and main event WrestleMania. Drew says they have themselves a little problem then. 
He says he's won the Royal Rumble before and CM Punk has not won the Royal Rumble. He said when the world was shut down, the world needed someone to step up. That was him during the pandemic era. He said if Punk was around, he probably would have stepped away because when the going gets tough, Punk gets going. Drew says he's going to win the title and win the title at WrestleMania in front of fans this time. Love it. And this time, it's going to be for me, not them. Punk stepped away, or he stepped up to Drew, rather, and said, it's getting a little spicy in here, Drew. That's not the Chipotle talking. He says he's going to lead by example and step away before he knocks his teeth down his throat. He said the only person who can stop him from achieving his goals is himself. And I got out of my way a long time ago. He said Drew can't stop him from winning the Royal Rumble. Neither can Seth or Cody Rhodes, which got Punk some booze and some disdain from the Portland crowd. Drew, leader to leader, because I'm such a nice guy in the Royal Rumble, I'm going to throw you out last. That's the way the segment came to a close. This was very basic. Drew McIntyre is probably doing the best character work right now in at least two years in WWE. I would probably say in all of the time since the pandemic era, this is the best Drew McIntyre that we've seen. This. I love it. It's coming into his own. No frills. No bullshit. He's focused. It was doing it for them and doing it for the company the company needed somebody to carry this place on, on their back, and it was me. Nobody appreciated him. Company didn't do anything to pay back, and now this time he's doing it for himself. So he basically laid out what he wants and who he's doing it for. He wants to win the Royal Rumble, he wants to win the world title, and he's doing it for himself. Fuck the company and fuck the fans. Says Drew McIntyre in oh so many words. CM Punk, same thing. His mission statement hasn't changed. I'm winning the Royal Rumble, and I'm going to main event WrestleMania. It's basically what he wants to do. The entire reason why he's back. Is he going to win the world title? I don't know. But Rollins and Punk should headline night one of WrestleMania 40. But I like this back and forth between these two men. This was a very good segment. And like I said in the beginning, I love this segment And I love this segment for the reason that it creates an unpredictability in the Royal Rumble. I love this segment because in the first time in a long time, WWE has a ton of top-tier talent, a ton of main event talent, both on the babyface side and the heel side, that could realistically win the Royal Rumble. What is the one thing that I tell you guys every single year, like a broken record, like clockwork, every January? Some of the reasons why these Royal Rumbles don't hit is because WWE puts too much fluff in the Royal Rumble. Ashante Adonis shouldn't be in the Royal Rumble. Angelo Dawkins shouldn't be in the Royal Rumble. Those guys are never going to WrestleMania. Then you got maybe two or three maybes to win it. And even if you narrow it down to those three maybes, 
It's not really somebody that you're overly excited with to win the Royal Rumble. This year, WWE has at least 10 or more potential winners of the Royal Rumble, and any one of them could main event WrestleMania. I love it. This was a beautiful open because it set the table for unpredictability, and it took two guys who are looking at the Royal Rumble as the most important thing in their worlds, as it should be. It's the most important match in WWE all year because it's the one chance to main event WrestleMania. Main events, WrestleMania. They made winning the Royal Rumble their target, their prize, and the most important thing in their eyes, which in turn makes the Royal Rumble that much more important. I love it. Simple. You don't need to do anything. Tell me why you want to win the Royal Rumble, get into a heated argument with somebody, and give me an explanation as to why you feel it's important to you. Both of these guys did it. It's basically all this set out to do. No rhyme, no reason, no extra frills, nothing. It was just up front and center. Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, I want it. No, bitch, I want it. No, I'm going to win it. That's why we're here. Royal Rumble. Tell me why it's important, why you want to win it. Love it. Finn Balor. He went one-on-one with Tommaso Ciampa in the opening match of Monday Night Raw. They showed Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa walking through the backstage area, and he was cutting a promo as he was walking through the gorilla position. I thought this was a very nice touch. Whatever production change they made with Kevin Dunn's absence, I love this. We should see a little bit more of that, man. I love that, you know, IRL on their way to the ring, cutting a promo with the cameraman right there as they walk through Gorilla and right before they go through the curtain. I want to see more of that, man. I love that shot. I thought that was up front, up center, personal, up close with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano as he explained to everybody why this match with Balor was important to him and why 2024 is going to be the year of DIY. More of that, please. I thought that was excellent. Tommaso Ciampa, Finn Balor, they are no strangers to one another. Black and gold through and through are these two guys. Swin eight minutes. Looking like WWE is setting up DIY for a potential tag team title opportunity at the Royal Rumble, at the Elimination Chamber, at WrestleMania, I don't know. But DIY is slowly but surely getting over on the main roster, and I'm not surprised by that because they're fucking great. And when you start to see more and more of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, you're going to see what I saw and what I fell in love with all those years ago in black and gold, why they brought me back to watching WWE religiously every single week. It was because of these two guys right here. And it's 2024 and Triple H is in charge. You don't think he's got big plans for Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano? You're a fucking fool if you don't think he does. Eight minutes. I could have watched these guys go another eight minutes, to be quite honest with you. That's how fucking great they are. Ciampa, he avoided a coup de grace. He applied a crucifix pin for a two count. 
Chippa set up his finisher, but he was distracted by Damian Priest, who was on the outside. He jumped on the apron. Champa hit Priest with a forearm. It had no effect, so Johnny Gargano comes over, and he went after him to stop him from interfering in the match. Priest fought him off, and he went for a razor's edge on Johnny Gargano through the table. And Portland loved their tables, man. They wanted Gargano to go through the table. They called for tables in the main event with Cody and Nakamura. Champa was able to save Gargano from the razor's edge. Champa got back in the ring. Balor kicked the middle rope when Champa came back in the ring. He scrambled his eggs, if you know what I'm saying, right on the middle rope, and basically crotched him there. Balor went for a vertical suplex, and Gargano tripped him up, which led to Champa falling on top of Balor and pinning him one, two, three. As one half of the World Tag Team Champions here, Finn Balor loses to Tommaso Ciampa, which is now accelerating DIY getting a tag team title opportunity. It's great. I'm not really all for champions losing. I can't stand it. But you got to look at the grand picture, the bigger picture here with Judgment Day. What is Judgment Day doing? What are they doing with Judgment Day? They don't really feel like Judgment Day. They don't. They don't feel like the Judgment Day that was in War Games. They feel like a shell of their former selves. It feels like Judgment Day is having dissension grow and grow and grow on a weekly basis. And then, you know, obviously you got the R-Truth situation and now the Miz. Who knows what's going on? Damian Priest is arguing with Balor. Priest is arguing with Ripley. It's it's just all over the place. J.D. McDonough can't win a match. Dominic Mysterio lost his North American Championship to Dragon Lee a couple of weeks ago. They're all over the place. They're not the same group. So I don't know what's going on here. I don't really like to see Balor, a champion, losing But I think we're setting up the story of Priest getting kicked out of Judgment Day and maybe Judgment Day losing it all. Honestly. Minus Rhea Ripley. I don't think Rhea Ripley should lose anything. Just my honest opinion. But Champa wins here in eight minutes, and it looks like Triple H is setting up DIY to get a future tag team title opportunity, which I have absolutely no problem at all seeing. Jackie Redmond, she interviewed Becky Lynch after losing to Nia Jax last week. And we put over Nia, believe it or not. Yeah, I know. I couldn't believe it myself. We put over Nia Jax. Honestly. No, no, her name is not Nia Snorlax, man. Stop being disrespectful, okay? Snorlax is one of my favorite Pokemon. Come on, man. I'm going to have to get rid of you, honestly. Ridiculous. Stop with the disrespect, man. She had a great match last week. Anyway, talking about losing to Nia Jax, she asked how she is feeling about her loss last week. Becky said she thought Nia might break her orbital bone and send her to the hospital again. Becky said, She did bust her mouth open 
and she fell and lost. But she got up and walked to the back and declared herself for the Royal Rumble. She said she didn't end up in the hospital, so she's ahead of where she was last time. And she said last time she came back strong. This time, she will again. She said neither Naya or either, she said either Naya is getting weaker or she's getting stronger. She said maybe this isn't the end, but rather it's the beginning. And Becky Lynch is an odds-on favorite to win the Royal Rumble. I would say Becky's an odds-on favorite. Nia's not winning it. I'll tell you right now, Nia is not winning the Royal Rumble. Nia is getting eliminated by Becky Lynch in the Royal Rumble. Becky Lynch, my top three, I'm telling you right now. Bianca's a wild card. She could win it. I don't see Bianca winning it. My top three to win the Royal Rumble. Becky Lynch. Bailey. And a dark horse. No, not my car which I love dearly, which I can't drive because it's 30 fucking degrees in New York and it was snowing the last two days. I hate New York. The dark horse is Liv Morgan. I think Liv Morgan's gonna return in the Royal Rumble. I think a built-in, ready-made story there is with Rhea Ripley. We'll see what happens. But I don't know what they got in store for Rhea Ripley, man. Rhea Ripley could easily be switched to a baby face with the type of reaction she's getting. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But those are my top three right there. Kofi Kingston. He went one-on-one with Ludwig Kaiser. You know, they got rid of the Chelsea Green, whatever uh, she used to do with Chelsea's entrance. But, but, but this one, this one stays. Th- this is one of my more uh, least favorite Samantha Irvin uh, ring announcements. Ludwig Kaiser. No impact there. She's got such a great voice. Like, I get it. I get why she does it. Because of the weird name. It's a silly name. But, I mean, come on now. No, Jade Cargill is not winning the Royal Rumble. What, what, are you, what are you talking about? Jade can't even walk down the aisle yet. Seriously. What was that old Gorilla Monsoon saying? Or Bobby Heenan, rather. She can't fucking tell a wristwatch from a wrist lock. You want Jade Cargill to win the Royal Rumble. Give me a fucking break. Honestly. If Jade makes it anywhere onto TV, it'll be after WrestleMania. There'll be plenty of WrestleManias for Jade Cargill. And no, Tiffany Stratton is not winning the Royal Rumble either. Though I would not have a problem with that. I would not have a problem with that whatsoever. Will she be in the Royal Rumble? I I would put her in the Royal Rumble. I'd give her a fucking, at least a 5-6 elimination rumble. Stratton. Ludwig Kaiser. No. No, thank you. This match went nine minutes. Nine minutes. Another decent match, hard-hitting match. It ended in a double countout. Kaiser struck Kingston. Now, this is a revenge match because Kofi and Jey Uso, Yeet, put out Giovanni Vinci. 
injured him last week. So Kaiser is looking for revenge here. Kingston fired back. Kaiser dropped him over the top turnbuckle. Kingston fought back with a springboard crossbody. Kaiser blocked a suicide dive, drove Kingston into the barricade. On the apron, hits a punt kick. Kingston hits his trust fall dive after we get back from a commercial break. Kaiser posted him against the steel just a little bit later. Kaiser tried for a running uppercut into the barricade, but Kofi avoided it. Kingston tried making it back in the ring before a 10 count, but Kaiser stopped him and both were counted out. So this was a double count out here in about nine minutes, five of which were televised. After the match, we got Kingston hitting a suicide dive, but Kaiser responded by shoving his thumb into Kofi's eye. Kingston fought back, but was pulled off by officials as the crowd started to chant, let them fight, let them fight. Kingston went after Kaiser, who then launched a huge announcer's chair right at Kofi, knocking him out. Looked great. Unbelievable shot. Officials then started begging for Kaiser to leave. He was about to leave, but he ran around ringside and Kofi was trying to prop himself up on the steel steps. He ran around ringside and he evaded all the officials, psyched them out, and he ran right at Kofi Kingston, drop kicked his head right into the steel steps. No remorse from Ludwig Kaiser. No. Now we gotta, we gotta cut that out there, Sam, okay? Cut it out. But Kaiser, he looked like a fucking badass here, man. He looked like a legit fucking badass. Now, I will say this. I have been completely against breaking Kaiser and Vinci up at least right now. I didn't understand all the teases, Gunther wanting them to get back on track. He had a problem one week with Vinci. He had a problem with Kaiser the next week. He hasn't been there for a couple of weeks. Him and his wife just gave birth. Congratulations to the champ. So I don't know where they're going with this. But I will say this. For the first time since these teases about an Imperium breakup, Kaiser, who stood on his own tonight and looked like a legit badass, for the first time, I looked at Kaiser and I said to myself, he does have breakout singles potential if they want to go down that route at some point in the future. So does Vinci. I'm not taking anything away from Vinci. In fact, Vinci's my favorite of the two, to be quite honest with you. Which, that, that, that's not a disrespectful knock on, on, on Kaiser. I think they're both great. I think pound for pound, they're the best fucking tag team in the, in the, in the entire company. Honestly. And Gunther, forget about it. He's the wrestler of the year. But for the first time in a while, I looked at Kaiser tonight after that beatdown of Kofi Kingston, which was tremendous. And I said to myself... He actually does look like a breakout singles guy if they eventually want to go down that road. So good for him. Good for him. I don't know where this is going, but clearly they are playing up the fact that Vinci was injured by Kofi and he was seeking revenge. So maybe this leads to Imperium and the New Day somewhere down the line. Who knows if Xavier is going to come back and team with Kofi again. Who knows if this leads to Big E? 
getting back and we get a three-on-three with Imperium in the New Day? We don't know. We don't know. We'll see what happens, but I thought this was a great beatdown of Kofi Kingston. Jackie Redmond. She caught up to Kaiser, who was in the back, leaving. And she caught up to him and asked, what happened out there? Why did you do what you did to Kofi? Kaiser said, this was all Kingston's fault. And because of Kofi Kingston, Kaiser was the only one, he said, who's here carrying the weight of Imperium. He took Vinci's head, so tonight I took Kofi's. I thought that was great. Great stuff. Great beatdown of Kofi Kingston by Ludwig Kaiser. No thank you. Nia Jax. She was out there for a promo with Michael Cole. Great. The sounds of remote controls being picked up around the world were, were heard simultaneously at this point in the show. Nia Jax and Rhea Ripley segment. Michael Cole interviewed Nia Jax in the ring. He said she shocked the world last week when she beat Becky Lynch. Now, I wasn't shocked that she beat Becky Lynch. I was shocked at how good the match was. Jax is in there and said, no, nah, it wasn't really that shocking. It wasn't really all that shocking. She threatened to break Cole's face, but said she was more focused on winning the Royal Rumble and referenced both Rhea Ripley and EO Sky because she's going to win the Rumble and challenge either one of those ladies for their championship at WrestleMania. Now, Nia Jax is not going to WrestleMania and not challenging for a world championship at the show of shows. It's just not happening. So, she wants to win the Royal Rumble, and all of a sudden, Rhea Ripley's music plays. She comes down the aisle. She gets a hero's welcome. Thank you, Rhea, for saving us from this terrible promo. Fans were chanting for Rhea Ripley. Huge babyface reaction for Rhea. I thought it was... Not really eye-opening, but a glimpse into the future, to be quite honest with you, because Rhea Ripley, you know, if they do break up the Judgment Day, Rhea is absolutely turning babyface. This was basically a seed planted, a tease for what's to come. Rhea is going to be a mega babyface. Don't even need to change her gimmick or her persona. This. People love when mommy is on top. I don't blame them. So Ripley smiled and said, the people here know what's up. She said, Nia likes to talk a big game. That's it? She likes to talk a big game. And she's acting like she's already won the Royal Rumble. She said, it's quite an accomplishment to beat Becky, but Becky isn't Rhea bloody Ripley. She said, if she actually wins the Rumble, she should keep her name out of her mouth. Naya says she gives Rhea a lot of credit. Fans booed. They booed Nia Jax. Go figure. You might be the most dominant champion in our division's history. But don't you forget that I put you on your ass when I came back. Yeah, Naya, nobody remembers that. 
There's maybe like a half a fan that remembers that moment. Nobody cares and nobody remembers. And the only reason I'm not holding this title is you're too scared to face me one-on-one. I'm going to squash 29 other women and win the Royal Rumble. And then I'm going to choose you. You'll have no choice but to face me. So see you soon, unstoppable champ. And she dropped the microphone like that was a good, uh, a good closing line. And she walked off and Rhea Ripley looked a little concerned that Nia looked and sounded so confident. I'm assuming this match will be the women's championship match in Perth at the, uh, at the uh, Elimination Chamber in Australia. And then they'll do Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Because let's be honest, Nia and Rhea Ripley is not a WrestleMania match. Especially after what Rhea and Charlotte did last year. They're not going to go Rhea Nia in 2024. They're just not going to do it. They'll do that at the chamber. Get it over with. Nia beat Becky. She's got that hanging over her. I deserve a title shot. Get through Nia. Becky wins the Rumble or the chamber. And Becky gets the title shot because there really is nobody else for Rhea Ripley on Monday night. And maybe they'll do live to start after WrestleMania. Just my prediction. Jackie Redmond. Busy woman is Jackie. She interviewed Cody Rhodes backstage about facing Shinsuke Nakamura later in the main event. As Cody began to speak, Nakamura attacked him from behind and threw him into a storage room door and some production crates. They fought near the production crates. Adam Pearce and other officials, including... Jason Jordan and Kenny Dykstra, remember him? Broke up the brawl here between Cody and Shinsuke Nakamura. So they were selling this as a big-time main event on Monday night. Caden Carter. Tag team champions, Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Tag team title match against Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green! They don't do that no more. I wonder why. I wonder why Samantha Irving stopped doing that. I got my inclinations on that. I don't really, uh, I don't really know, but I got uh, a funny feeling as to why they changed it. And it's only a good thing because I feel like Samantha was actually more over doing that than Chelsea was over. That's just a possibility. I don't know if that is the reason. But the word came from upper management. They told Samantha to stop announcing Chelsea Green that way. Samantha was more over doing that than Chelsea was over with Piper Niven as tag team champions. Or, which is, I hope this is the case, maybe, maybe, They are changing Chelsea Green's shtick, and it might be a little bit more serious. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Tag team title match went 10 minutes. Didn't really care to see it again after we saw it the first time because I knew Caden and Katana were not losing the titles. They just won them. But yet we're getting this match again. It wasn't bad. I just didn't care. 
But it's always great to see Caden and Katana. I love them. I think they're great. So we got a commercial break. We'll pick it up after the commercial break. So many commercial breaks here. So Caden made a hot tag and hit a leg drop on Chelsea, goes for cover, gets a two count. Carter had green on her shoulders while sitting on the turnbuckle, and Katana brought her down with a hurricanrana for a near fall. Carter blocked an unprettier by Chelsea Green, but Green followed with a rough rider for two. I wonder where she got that one from, huh? Her husband, Zach Ryder, <coughs> Matt Cardona. Never mentioned Zach Ryder ever again. He's dead. Dead. The ref was late counting the fall because he was checking on Katana Chance. Piper Niven then tagged in and hit a senton while Carter was draped over Chelsea Green's knees, but Chance broke up the cover. Niven set up for a Vader bomb, but Chance pulled Carter out of the ring. Niven didn't realize that they had put Chelsea in her place, and she hit the Vader bomb accidentally on Chelsea Green. Chance hit Niven with a lung blower, and they finished Green off with their, uh, I don't know what they call their finishing move. What do they call their finishing move, folks? It's this, this handstand-type move where they spin Katana in midair and she comes down with a big splash. What do they call The last party, the last dance, or something like that. I don't know. One, two, three, tag team finish. And the champions here, Caden Carter and Katana Chance, retain the women's tag team championships. The crowd, the one thing, I didn't really give a shit about the match because I knew what the outcome was before the bell rang. But what I loved is the crowd reaction. Slowly but surely, Katana Chance and Caden Carter are getting over with the audience. You let them, the keg, the block party, is that they do the keg stand? Is that what, the, is that what it's called, the keg stand? I like it. I like it, the keg stand. Gotta love it. They're slowly but surely getting over. You just, and the reason why they're getting over, not only because... You know, they are good at what they do. They're exciting to watch. They're young. They're beautiful. And they are themselves. Triple H is allowing them to be themselves. And that's why they're all... I know! I, I, love, I love Katana Chance and Caden Carter myself. I, love, I think they're great. I think they're a great tag team. Thank you for your input. I really appreciate you being a part of the live stream. Triple H is allowing them to be themselves. They retain the tag team titles here. Crowd was into it. Good stuff. There was a vignette on R-Truth. Video package here on R-Truth talking about how he'll never forget the day he was born. It was a cold winter day in January. And the doctor held him and looked, him, looked at him in his eyes and he told the doctor that one day he would be in judgment day. So he was born and immediately had aspirations, hopes, and dreams about being in the judgment day. He says it came true, and an image was shown of the Judgment Day as toddlers with truth, as a toddler standing behind 
all of the toddler versions of the Judgment Day. Truth said the Judgment Day is an unbreakable bond. He says they might argue from time to time, but now that J.D. McDonough is gone, now they're a real family. An image was shown of Truth with the Judgment Day walking across the street like the famous Beatles album cover on Abbey Road. He said, Tom and Nick Mysterio. Who the fuck is Tom and Nick Mysterio? He said, Tom and Nick Mysterio, not Dominic. And he said, he's never met Nick, but they're still brothers. He sent the message to all WWE superstars that they're always there if they need a shoulder to cry on or talk through things. He said, as the Judgment Day always says, live, laugh, and love. I don't know, man. This is, uh, we're, we're living in the bizarro world. We're living in the twilight zone here, man. Judgment Day was the most dominant faction post-bloodline in all of WWE. They're not the most dominant faction in all of WWE anymore. They're not. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I will say this. R-Truth is fucking hilarious. The fact that they found a role for R-Truth on television weekly is a great thing. He just makes people laugh. He's entertaining. He sports entertainment to a T. And for some odd reason, in some odd way, he's making Judgment Day more popular than they were. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a good thing, but... He's making them more popular by just being associated with it. Again, I don't know where this is going. I think this leads to the Judgment Day breaking up or at least Damian Priest not being able to handle this thing and letting it get too bad to a point where they kick him out. You know, I don't know what they do, but it's um, it's coming. The Judgment Day is going to be no more. Cannot live forever. You know, some people, you know, some people feel guilty about laughing at this type of shit. Don't. It's funny. It's funny. Backstage, Damian Priest obviously saw this and he assured everybody who was angry. J.D. McFish was angry. He's obviously still in Judgment Day. He was enraged, was McDonough. Now, truth doesn't speak for them. Priest said, listen, the video was pretty funny, though. So he admitted it was funny. That's a seed planted right there. Damien Priest thought it was funny. The rest of them don't think it's funny. They're going to look at that at one point in the future and deem it weak by Damien Priest. Ripley asked when they're going to stop this R-Truth joke. Priest says he will when the time is right. When is that? Sooner rather than later, I assume. Ballard talked about how DIY will need CPR, MRIs, and EMTs when he's done with them. Ripley said they don't need Drew as an enemy. Priest said Drew is too much of a joke to be his enemy. Priest then asked, listen, don't worry about Drew McIntyre. I'll take him out when the time is right, too. What about Nia Jax, who came after you tonight and is threatening to take your women's championship? Priest said, Ripley, listen, if it was a smart thing to make an enemy out of Nia Jax, you think that was right? To make an enemy out of Nia Jax? You worried about Drew McIntyre? 
Balor says, listen, stop. She's going to take care of Nia. We're going to take care of Truth. We're going to take care of DIY. Ripley then looks over at J.D. McSkillet and says, I'm going to need you to handle Miz tonight. The Judgment Day seams are bursting. I don't know. We're going to get into this J.D. McMuffin match with The Miz in just a second. Guys, I want to thank you so very much for joining me on this Monday night. It is Monday Night Raw right here on Off The Scripts for January 8th, 2024. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at DraftKings. The NFL playoffs are here, and I've partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official partner of the NFL, to bring you guys a huge offer. All new customers who use my promo code JD from NY will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly when they place their first $5 wager on anything get in on all the action download the DraftKings sportsbook app and use that promo code jd from ny new customers who bet just five dollars will get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets instantly and if you guys are wondering what you could use your two hundred dollars in bonus bets on you can combine multiple bets together from the same game for a shot at an even bigger payout. If you're already signed up for DraftKings, you guys can get a no-sweat bet. Get a bonus bet back if your same-game parlay or SGPX doesn't hit. Max reward limits do apply. And if sports betting is not yet available in your state, do not worry. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy and have the chance to win cash prizes. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and all new customers who bet just $5 on any wager will instantly receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. Once again, that's promo code JD from NY only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Hey, man, I want to thank DraftKings for sponsoring tonight's show. Take advantage of that. The NFL season has come to an end, man. And hopefully your favorite team, if they are in the playoffs, is going to do the thing this postseason. Miz versus J.D. McNugget. Crowd actually was into this match big time. I don't really care about the Miz in a singles role. I don't. But the idea of a Miz and R-Truth tag team, for some odd reason, is very entertaining to me. So if they are going with that and in the direction of that, I think it's actually going to benefit the Miz and it's going to benefit the tag team division because the fans love R-Truth. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, J.D. McSausage against the Miz. Um... They go to commercial break after about four minutes. We'll pick it up after the commercial break here. Miz, he obviously went on to defeat McDonough here. And the match itself wasn't all that special, to be quite honest with you. So after the break, Miz went on the attack. McDonough, he was obviously bumping around in there for the Miz. Miz applied a figure four leg lock, middle of the ring. McFish pulled himself to the bottom rope to break the hold. 
So he snapped Miz's neck over the top rope in some nice offense. Dominic went to go check on J.D. McLovin. And Truth is over there yelling at Dominic. Miz dove through the ropes with a kick and threw J.D. McDouble back into the ring. Miz quickly hit the skull-crushing finale for the 1-2-3, and The Miz wins against J.D. McFlurry. Great. I mean, what else you want me to say about it? Poor J.D., huh? There was a chant of J.D. sucks, J.D. sucks. I felt personally attacked during that segment. Miz wins in 12 minutes. Who gives a shit? Backstage, Rhea Ripley said, this can't keep happening. Ripley said she'll talk with Pierce about their plans next week. Priest says all of this needs to come to an end. You think? Seth Rollins. He made his way out to the ring. Fans cheered. He welcomed everybody in Portland to Monday Night Rollins. Obviously, everybody sang his song, Ridiculous. He says they're on the road to WrestleMania. Not yet. Not yet. After the Royal Rumble, we're on the road to WrestleMania. He talked about winning a couple of titles at WrestleMania, cashing in at WrestleMania. And he said one thing he's never done is take a world title in to WrestleMania. Says he's never been the headline on the marquee, but that changes this year. He said last year he took a title that didn't exist a year ago and turned it into the most important title in the industry. I don't know about that one, man. Hey, listen, man, you're doing a great job. But is it the most important title in the industry? Not even close. But you're doing a fantastic job, man. Continue doing that work, seriously. He says he did what he said he was going to do, and that is be the workhorse. He said the question is, who will he be at the grandest stage of them all? Fans chanted for CM Punk. Seth then acknowledged those chants and said, in his dreams, maybe. He said the roster is loaded from top to bottom. And then all of a sudden, Jinder Mahal! Why? 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 For a second year in a row, I don't really understand this, man. You know, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know what we got going on here, really. What the fuck are we doing? Jesus Christ, man, I need a fucking drink.
Man, I don't get it. I don't really get it. Trips, what are, what, what are we doing, man? What, what are we doing out here, man? Seriously, what are we doing out here? You fucking kidding me? Two weeks in a row? Two weeks in a row, we have Jinder Mahal on television. Why? Why? Who, who wants to see Jinder? You know, I think I'm going to get a shirt made that says, please hinder the gender. Man, shit like this drives one to drink, man. Seriously. Serve me up an old-fashioned. Make it a triple, please. Ridiculous. This guy's getting a championship match next week on Monday Night Raw. What the fuck has he done? And where the fuck has he been? That he's in a championship match after Rollins says he's turned this championship into the most prestigious title in the industry. Yeah, let's just give Jinder Mahal a fucking title match. Ridiculous. Trips, what are you doing, bro? You want to give us a fucking heart attack out here? Ridiculous, man. Seriously, pull up a chair, grab a drink, because Jinder's on TV, man. It's the only way we could soak up the fucking pain. Get those super chats in. I'll see you guys upstairs, man. Fucking shit. Jinder Mahal. I think I'm fucking joking out here. man please hinder the gender the fuck are we doing so gender's out there he tells the fans to look at their city with degeneracy at every street corner he asked am I lying I don't know Hooligram, you're from that area right is there degeneracy on every street corner I think so right I don't know. I've never been to uh, the great Northwest. I'd like to visit Seattle at some point, man, and go to Pike's Place, Starbucks, and order myself a nice coffee at the legendary Pike's Place, right? But Portland? Come on, man. It may be. He may not even be lying. Yeah, I know. It's my fault. I complained about gender, and now uh, they're fucking me. He said, Seth speaks no truth. He said he sings, he dances, he dresses up, but brings no value. He says he throws childish temper tantrums when the show goes off the air, but I digress. He says he prides himself as a workhorse who gives out opportunities. He asks for his opportunity. He said then he has the audacity to overlook him. He says he defeated Randy Orton, the greatest of all time, and I did it with ease. Please don't remind me. Please don't remind me. Imagine that. You guys remember that moment when Mahal beat Randy Orton on SmackDown? Man, I thought the fucking world was ending. People were fucking in legit shock. And then there were some people that called it a great win. It was a great title reign. He was a great heel. This is the guy that is responsible 
for basically crippling SmackDown to a point where I didn't think it would ever recover. One of the worst title reigns in the history of the business. He said Seth disrespects him by overlooking him. He says he will not tolerate that. He says he can see through Seth's charade. Jinder asked him to look him in the eyes because for the first time in a long time, he has his attention. Seth says he might say something that will surprise him, but you know what, Jinder, you're right. You're right. We have been overlooking you, but it wasn't an accident. We actually have been doing that on purpose. For years, we've been trying to forget you until last week when you showed up and The Rock put your balls in a vice, he says. He says he has to admire that Jinder got back up after Rock fried him last week. He says he doesn't appreciate him ruining their party and getting in his face this week. So yeah, Jinder, you got my attention. He says if he's sick of being overlooked, then try doing something the fans will remember him for forever and take a swing. He then goaded him to take a swing over and over. Hit me, hit me. It's like uh, Batman, the fucking Dark Knight, yelling at the Joker, hit me, hit me. No, I don't want you. I don't want Ginger to hit you. I want Ginger gone, okay? Ginger stood there. He shook his head. Seth said it's the same old Ginger. He turned to leave. Ginger jumped him from behind. Seth fought back. Ginger clotheslined him and then put him in the Colossus. Seth elbowed out, kicked him, Jinder retreated, and that was the way segment end uh, came to a close and ended. Ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know how we go from Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, Drew McIntyre to Jinder Mahal. What are we doing? I know it's... Seth needs something to do, right? Is Seth going to be defending the title at the Royal Rumble? Is this what we're going with? Man, oh man, you're really... You're really setting the precedent for Punk to take that title, man. You keep giving me gender fucking Mahal, and we're going to be begging for Punk to win the Royal Rumble. all we need see this guy on tv weekly i hope i hope this is merely a one-off yeah we'll get him in there he needs somebody to beat before the royal rumble or maybe at the royal rumble and then we're gonna move on to the next one but jinder mahal make sure you got your pillows ready for next week man it's gonna be a snooze fest Ivar, he went one-on-one with Otis of the Alpha Academy. Chad Gable was not out there. I don't know why. Otis caught Ivar flying off the middle rope, turned it into a power slam, which was the spot of the match. They only went four minutes. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say about a four-minute match. That looked great. Otis is just fucking such a beast. And Ivar is so good. But what a spot that was, man. Ivar came off the second rope with a springboard crossbody, and Otis caught him and slammed him down in a power slam, man. 
Crowd fuck. You just heard the crowd erupt with a big move like that, man. Ivar landed a sit-out powerbomb out of the corner for a near fall of his own. They stood up. They exchanged some shots in the middle of the ring. Ivar dropped Otis with a spinning uh, heel kick. And he followed up with a top rope doom salt for the one, two, three. Ivar wins in four minutes. I don't know what they're doing with Ivar, but Ivar should get a shot at Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship with the work that he has put in recently. Excellent. Jackie Redman was backstage with Jay Uso and wished him a happy new year. Yeet. She said he's going into the new year without the bloodline and asked if he has any New Year's resolutions. Well, maybe you should have asked him this question last week, being that it was New Year's. We're now eight days into the new year, and you're still asking for fucking resolutions. Jay says he does, actually. He says he's going to get his first ever singles title in 2024. Bronson Reed interrupted him and called him Jimmy Uso's little brother. He says he's not only the one who plans to become a champion in 2024, My advice, don't get in my way, said Bronson Reed. Now, Bronson Reed has been eyeing Gunther and the Intercontinental title. Does this mean that Jey Uso is also going to be eyeing the Intercontinental Championship? I do not think it is a good idea for Jay Uso to be the one to end Gunther's reign. I don't. In fact, I would not even end Gunther's reign. I wouldn't beat Gunther at all, quite honestly. Now, what we're doing here is, this made me think. This honestly made me think. What are we doing? Now, Gunther's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Gunther is absolutely going to be in the Royal Rumble. Gunther holds the record for the longest in a Royal Rumble ever. He's going to be out there. I won't be shocked if Gunther draws number one. I wouldn't be shocked. Well, Cody draws number one, and we get those two guys who were in the end last year going at it this year. Because you know WWE loves to do that. But I think Gunther's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Now, you see where Jay Uso has been slotted. He's been teaming with Kofi. He's been kind of mixing it up with Imperium. He injured Vinci, or Kofi and Jay injured Vinci. Kaiser injured Kofi tonight. Jay may find a reason to go after them and get revenge on Kaiser now, which will probably draw out Gunther next week. But I got this all documented here, man, in my notes. I'm writing this out during the show. Jay Uso beat Ludwig Kaiser already on Monday Night Raw. Then we get Jay and Kofi teaming up for whatever reason. And that ended in a no contest because Giovanni Vinci got injured by Kofi last week. Kaiser took out Kofi this week by ramming his head into the steel steps and taking him out. He said, well, Kofi took my guy's head, so this week I took his head. Then we get Jay probably going after Kaiser one-on-one, beating Kaiser... And then that brings back Gunther, because Gunther is supposed to show up next week. So if Jay and Kaiser wrestle next week, then we get Gunther looking at Jay. Hey. And then he starts asking some questions. What the fuck is your problem? Then Jay ends up 
wrestling Gunther at the Elimination Chamber. I do not want Jey Uso winning the Intercontinental title. And I say that because it certainly feels and looks like this year they may actually take the Intercontinental title off of Gunther, put it on Jay, so that he defends the title against Jimmy at WrestleMania, while Gunther goes on and wrestles Brock Lesnar in a one-on-one mega dream match at WrestleMania, because realistically, in the eyes of WWE management, that match doesn't need the Intercontinental Championship. I disagree completely with that. I think Gunther versus Lesnar for the Intercontinental title would be a fucking unbelievable idea. Imagine the story around that. Lesnar's already ended the most heralded streak in the history of the company. The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Now he's come back for another streak and he wants to end another streak at WrestleMania. And that is Gunther's IC title reign. You know, you don't really walk into situations like that every single fucking day. Why why would you not want to do that? I don't get it. But I have a feeling, again, like we discussed on Friday with Randy Orton, WWE wants you to think there's a possibility that Randy Orton could end Roman Reigns' title reign. Oh, Randy Orton's going to pin LA Knight. Oh, Randy Orton's going to pin AJ Styles. Roman Reigns is going to lose the championship without being pinned. That is an awful idea. Terrible. Just like it's terrible if Gunther loses the title to Jey Uso because you want to do Jimmy versus Jey Uso for the Intercontinental Championship. How do we do that? Easy. Roman could tell Jimmy to go and get the IC title. You're in the bloodline. You want to you want to show me you belong here? Go and take that title from your brother. Could set that up easy. Send them over to Monday Night Raw. But Gunther versus Lesnar, I do think, is going to happen, and they may feel that that match doesn't need the championship. Because who else on Monday Night Raw, realistically, is going to be positioned to take that title off of Gunther? Nobody. Nobody. Gable? I'd love to see it again. But are they going to go and do that? They haven't revisited that. Sheamus? He's on SmackDown. Ricochet? We've been there, done that. Ivar, great. He ain't winning the title. Bronson Reed, great. He ain't winning the title either. Gargano, probably be a tag team champion at that point. There's no one else but Jay. I'm only thinking out loud here. I don't want to see it. But again, there is a possibility that WWE could be leaning in that direction. And him saying that tonight, mixed with Kofi being injured, and the last one we saw with Kofi was Jey Uso, and the last two guys they were feuding with were Imperium, mixed with Gunther coming back next week. They could be setting something up. I hope that's not the case. Cody Rhodes. Main event. One-on-one with Shinsuke Nakamura. This was a street fight and went almost 25 minutes. Did this match need to go that long? No. No, it did not. But we got it. 
So the bell rang at around 10.35 Eastern time or so. Nakamura immediately rolled out to the floor. Cody slid underneath the ropes and kicked him. And then they started to brawl up the aisleway towards the entrance ramp. The announcers talked about how this has been frustrating for Cody because all he wants to do is concentrate on winning the Royal Rumble, but he's got Nakamura interfering with his plans and Nakamura threatening to end his story. So Nakamura slipped out of the ring. Once they did their deal in the aisleway, they go back to the ring. Nakamura once again slips out of the ring. He finds a broom and he hits Cody with the broom. He grabbed the kendo stick. He brought that into the ring. He started beating on Cody with the kendo stick. We go to commercial break. Nakamura was still in control. He is beating on Cody. Cody starts to make a comeback with a big flying elbow, and he landed a snap power slam on Nakamura. Cody then landed a disaster kick, and he went for a cover after the disaster kick for a two count. Cody pulled out a table from underneath the ring because the crowd cringe. I hate this now, man. Fans, we want tables. Like... Every fucking time there's a hardcore match, fans are chanting for tables. What is it with the tables? So Cody obviously gave them what they wanted, and he pulled out a table from underneath the ring. Nakamura tried to spray Cody in the face with the mist. Cody ducked, and the timekeeper was the casualty from the mist. Cody acted very concerned. For the poor timekeeper. I don't know why he was so concerned about the fucking timekeeper. Who the fuck is the timekeeper? So Cody called for help. Nakamura then bashed Cody from behind with a steel chair. We go to another commercial break. Nakamura. Back from break. Put Cody on the table and leapt off the top rope and landed a knee right through Cody and the table. It looked weak. Fans asked for the table. And Nakamura gave them the table. So there you go. Not a good spot there. Looked very weak. Nakamura was smiling. He felt like he had Cody right in his sights for a loss. Pulled out another table from underneath the ring. Nakamura then set the table up and leaned it in the corner. He put Cody in a sleeper. Cody flipped out of it. Nakamura drove Cody into the corner where there was a steel chair wedged in between the second and third turnbuckles. Nakamura landed a sliding German. Cody's back went right into the steel chair, and then he landed a springboard knee for a very close two count. Cody caught a charging Nakamura with a kick to the face, and then a quick pedigree for a two count. The pedigree looked awful. Just an awful landing on the pedigree. Nakamura does not eat a good pedigree. Both guys were down, slow to get up. Cody landed a Cody cutter for a two. Cody kicked out of a roll-up by Nakamura. Nakamura charged. Cody sidestepped him and threw him into the table that Nakamura just set up in the corner. So he goes right through the table. He picks up Nakamura, delivers a crossroads, and that was it for the win. One, two, three. Michael Cole then asked, can Cody win back-to-back rumbles? I don't know. Do I want to see Cody win two rumbles in a row? No, I don't. But I don't know what we do with Nakamura here. Nakamura loses. Where do we go? Does Cody enter the Rumble and does Nakamura eliminate Cody Rhodes? 
I don't know, man. I don't know if that's going to be the case or if Nakamura is just uh, right back to the line, right back to the back of the line, and we do nothing with him. Fans still, you know, fans still have some pipe dreams, some fantasy that Okada is going to come in and wrestle Nakamura at WrestleMania. No. Now, Okada is a free agent. Sure. That doesn't mean he's coming to WWE. That doesn't mean he's wrestling Nakamura at WrestleMania. I don't know where the fuck we go with Nakamura. I don't. Nakamura could have won this match to give Cody a little bit more adversity going into the Royal Rumble. Does Nakamura go into the Rumble now and get his revenge by eliminating Cody in the Rumble? I don't know if I could see that. But I'm predicting Punk to win the Rumble anyway. Maybe Cody finds himself in the chamber. Triple H is going to have to make it somewhat interesting, man. I don't know. I'm glad this is hopefully over. He beat him clean. We can move on to Cody now targeting and focusing on what really is important. The World Heavyweight Championship. The Universal World Heavyweight Championship. And beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in the main event and finishing his story and honoring his father. Stick to the plan. Monday Night Raw was, I don't want to say it was a blah show, but it was no day one. It was no big blow away story or segment on the show. It was just an average show. It was just there. We're all waiting for the Royal Rumble. We got three weeks till the Royal Rumble. Can't wait. Thank you guys very much for all your support. If you did enjoy today's live stream, I would really appreciate you hitting that thumbs up. Honestly, I would really love if you guys hit that thumbs up. Try for a thousand likes. We're about 58 away from a thousand. Can we do it? Super chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out in just a moment. Once again, make sure you guys go check out my sponsor for tonight's show, DraftKings. Click the link in the description or in the comment section down below that I have pinned conveniently at the top of the comment section. Take a part in that special offer tonight from my partners over at DraftKings, the official partner of the National Football League, the NFL. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and please go and check out all the other content on the channel. Michael Krause. He's been... The number one guy to wait in line outside the venue every single week. Man, Michael Krause with a 2 Super Chat. Welcome back, Jesse. Keep up the great work, J.D. Thank you, Michael. Jesse will be live with me on Wednesday. M. James with a 10. I pray on everything holy that gender next week against Seth is one and done. We don't need this to continue to the Rumble. If it does, I'll have to ask Strips what drugs he's on. Jinder has zero value. 
Makes me think that fucking Vince is somehow back in charge. But we know that's not the case. This is definitely a Triple H move. Michelle with, you know, and, and by the way, you know, I, I failed to mention, but it is legit. Rollins and Jinder have history. Rollins and Jinder were actually the finals to crown the first ever NXT champion. Triple H might have went back in the time machine to go watch that one back on the network. Michelle with the $2 Super Jet. Sounds like Punk guaranteed his Royal Rumble victory tonight. We'll see. Peter Gaymore for the five months. Thank you, Peter. Happy New Year, man. It says, Happy New Year's, JD and OTS family. Dude, they made Rollins versus Mahal next week for the belt official. Hopefully, Omos is in the Rumble. I'm sure Omos will get a spot in the Rumble, and they need 30 guys to fill that one out. Also, Peter with a $2 Super Chat. I declare myself for the Royal Rumble. And can we get a Chelsea Green? Daddy Wolf, thank you again, brother, for the 100 in Super Chat. Happy to have you here, man. Ricardo Linnell with a 41 months. Oh, yeah. Monday is always great when we have the number one podcast in the IWC. OTS for life. Thank you, Ricardo. OTS Tribal Queen. 25 months. Shout out to the best chat in the IWC. OTS Bloodline. OTS for life. Love you all. Thank you, Tribal Queen. Jason Bark with 17 months. 17 months in the venue. Let's double that. I'm not giving it to the next person. OTS for life. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Thank you, Jason, for everything, brother. Paul Van Tassel with a $5 super chat. Today was a sad day for me and my family. Earlier today, one of our beloved cats, Jesse, was put to sleep due to health problems. Paul, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Very sorry to hear that. Thoughts and prayers with your family, man. I know that's a tough one. I hate hearing stuff like that. Peter Gamor with the $2 Super Chat. Nobody in the Royal Rumble stands a chance against Omos. I guess Peter is very happy to be back in the venue. Jason, thank you again, brother, for the 100 in Super Chat. John Ortolaza with a new membership and a $5 Super Chat. Thank you for becoming a member, man. The fuck are you drinking, John? And he says, it's my birthday, and I'm glad to be a part of the OTS family. Who are your top picks to win the men's and women's Rumble matches? Much love. Keep up the work. Punk and Cody with Gunther. That's it. I don't think anybody's got a chance. For the ladies, Becky, live as a dark horse. And Bailey. Basic with a 499. Did anyone notice the Cody boos when... Punk mentioned him. Or maybe they were booing CM Punk, basically. Daniel Mills with a $20 Super Chat. What are your thoughts on The Miz? I think The Miz is a very, very safe worker. And he's got the worst offense in the business. 
Do you think he's still a comical figure in the company, or do you think Awesome Truth will actually reunite for real and feud with the Judgment Day for at least the Chamber, or maybe Mania? I could see them being a legit tag team. I think this would be a good thing for uh, both Miz and R-Truth. The fans are cheering it. They're going to go and do it. Jedi Joker with a $5 super chat. I'm still pissed they killed Nakamura after he got called up to the main roster. He was a beast on NXT Black and Gold. NXT 394, Finn versus Nakamura was fire. Man, NXT Black and Gold Nakamura was so great. So good, man. Chris Lloyd with a 499. There is still more that Drew and Punk could have talked about. I love the promo between them. And when we get Punk versus Drew in a match, fire. Listen, if Punk doesn't win the Rumble and Cody wins the Rumble, he's probably going to announce that he's going after Roman. And then we'll get a raw men's chamber to wrestle Rollins. And if that's the case, Punk and Drew will be in the men's chamber for sure. Judgment Day, Mike Harper. $5 Super Chat. I'd say trade Cody to SmackDown and send Jimmy to Raw so the Jimmy versus Jay feud can happen for Mania. I'm just not sure how we get Cody versus Roman too. Well, the easiest way is for Cody to win the Rumble. The other way would be Nick Aldis working out a deal with Adam Pearce to get Cody on SmackDown to compete in a chamber match where all six guys have something in common. All six guys were fucked over by the bloodline. And Roman will wrestle someone of his past at WrestleMania. I mean, it works. Cake with a $2 super chat. I lead by example. That line must have angered AEW. Man, if they still get angry over what CM Punk is saying on Monday night, man, they got uh, they got bigger problems to be concerned with. JD, the timekeeper was Typhoon's son, Cody. Uh, Cody's cousin. Uh, so the timekeeper was Typhoon's son. Typhoon of the fabled tag team, Typhoon and Earthquake, the natural disasters. I guess, uh, I guess now we know why he was upset with the timekeeper. Frank Morano with a $10 super chat. Honestly, just my opinion. Is the only reason Nia has a job is because of The Rock. God bless JD. Keep on getting on, my guy. Who knows why Nia has a job, man? I, I don't know. Lauren with a two. That Drew Punk opener was the best part. I agree. Jeremy Lewis with 28 months. Hey, JD, I didn't catch Raw. As within hours, my son Maxwell David Lewis will be brought into this world. Cheers to you, OTS, and my big mo, Bay Bay Femme. Jeremy, thank you for all the support, brother, and congratulations, man. Thoughts, love, and prayers to Maxwell. Stay safe, man. Delightful entertainment with the 499. Rock winning or taking the spotlight from someone at Mania does nothing 
but set WWE back a full calendar year from all they've done. He sucks. I wouldn't say he sucks, but everything else he said, I agree with. Stick to the story. Stick to the plan that you've created, basically, following last year's WrestleMania. Lauren with a five. Do you see Cody Rhodes going to SmackDown after the Chamber? If so, could they trade Jimmy to Raw to feud with Jay? I have no idea. Let's wait till the Royal Rumble. We'll figure out a clearer path after the Royal Rumble. Wade Knoll with a $9.99. JD, how much would you pay for seats to Friday Night SmackDown these days? Headed to the upcoming show in Lincoln. Great stuff as always, sir. Uh, thank you, Wade. Uh, secondly, I will probably never attend a regular WWE show again. No need. I would much rather be here live with you guys. Jose Perez with a 499. Hey, JD, missed your meet and greet due to COVID with me and my five-year-old. Hope you're thinking of doing another one, hopefully closer to Jersey. Keep it up in 2024. Thank you, Jose. Um, whenever we uh, have something big going on, man, I'll keep you guys in the know. Ricardo with a $2 super chat. JD McBuried. Yeah, he isn't really doing much of anything these days, huh? Ross, 51983 with a 4.99. JD, you need to bring back Jinder Mahal. Get off my TV. Honestly, I don't even know if I have that design. Otherwise, I put it on Bonfire. I don't know what happened to any of those designs, man. Brendan Watson with a 499. Speaking of NFL playoffs, my Detroit Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. They could win it. I'm going with the Ravens. Cake with 28 months. I'm getting closer to 36. I wanted your thoughts on this. Rock, Roman, Opens, Mania, Roman, Cody, Main Events, Night 2. No. No. Rock, Roman, Chamber, Roman, Cody, WrestleMania. Rollins, Punk, WrestleMania. That's it. You're not going to get another answer out of me all fucking season. Basic with a 499. Cody has to enter number one at the Rumble. That's the only way to legitimize a second Rumble win. I agree. Lauren with a $2 super chat times two. Raw or SmackDown? Raw. Also, why hasn't Punk wrestled on Raw? Because Punk's first match will be at the Royal Rumble. And do you think Cena will return on the road to WrestleMania? Possibly, but I'm going to say no. Also, Lauren with a second, or third, I should say, $2 Super Chat. Have you seen the leaked rumor of the Chamber card? It's fake. Don't believe anything that was written up by some fucking virgin incel with a fake profile picture on X. Don't. Everybody wants to be a fucking journalist these days. They're all losers. Go touch grass. You ain't a fucking journalist. You're not a content creator. You're a nobody. Get out. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. 
Appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for a great stream. Thank you for the support via Super Chats. Thank you for the 1,000 likes, man. You guys hit the goal of 1,000 likes. Appreciate it. You guys are great. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. More coming tomorrow. Go check out DraftKings. And please continue to hit that thumbs up, man. I appreciate you guys for all the support. Until tomorrow, we got extra. And then myself and Andrew Baydal will be live for episode 28 of Tuesday Night Titans. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Oh, <laughs>